Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Yerit is the CEO of CSM Practice, which is a boutique consulting firm specializing in outsourcing services for customer success operation management. I'm sure everyone has already heard of her. She's a thought leader and innovator in customer success. She has over 20 years of experience helping um, clients from very small businesses to Fortune 100 companies with their customer success operations. She's everywhere. She's always speaking at conferences, writing blog posts, and she knows everything about customer success. So we're really lucky to have her with us today. We always get such a positive response that we keep on asking her to come back. And luckily for us, she really likes to share her incredible wealth of knowledge with the community. So we're back today for an exciting session about how to capture business outcomes during a QBR. Evie, thank you so much for being with us today. Really, really excited about the presentation and I'm gonna hand things over to you. All right, thanks so much. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about some concepts. And at the end, I'm also going to give you a link to a downloadable that would teach you how to go step by step in order to do the homework that, that are required to take these concepts and implement it at your place of work at your organization and CSM team. So while I will speak about the concept because I think it's super important to understand it, you know, I will give you some tools to be able to implement it as well. What prompts this topic is the fact that the subscription model has really literally changed everything. And, you know, yes, it's the way we do business and our contract, but really what it did fundamentally is that it put all the power in the customer's hands. Not only do they have the ability to choose more sophisticatedly when they, you know, when we go shop for, you know, us as customer success managers go shop for a customer success solution we're not just looking for features and functions. We're also looking at who is going to partner with us. It's going to be a company that's fully invested in, you know, creating this kind of content and making sure that we can learn from them how to do customer success well, and, you know, with all the best practices, or is it more about the technology? And, and we tend to choose partners with whom we are most likely to achieve our desired business outcomes. And that's something that, you know, this term was linked, was coined by Lincoln Murphy, as you know. And so the question there is, is like, how do we avoid this nightmare of churn by just capturing the desired business outcomes for clients and even delivering what we promised them during the sales process that we will be able to deliver on those business outcomes is not enough. So I'm going to repeat that because a lot of you think, oh, all we need to do is capture the business desired business outcomes and deliver on them and then they would never churn. And I would say that is not the case. You need to be doing a little bit more than that. This is a that is because clients don't always know what they want. Think about yourself when you're shopping for a CS solution. Do you know all the playbooks? Do you know all, you know how to do a health score? Do you know, you know, you don't all know everything. So the really the pie is distributed as follows. There's some things that your clients know that they know. 
They know what, you know, if you put yourselves in their shoes, you know what a CS software is supposed to be doing. Maybe there's some things you know that you don't know, like you know that you don't know how to calculate a health score properly, but then you rely on the vendor to tell you that. But I tell you, there's some things that clients don't know that they don't know. And that's the area where we tend to miss. So when we walk into a QBR and we ask, the, or, or in the pre-sales process, and we ask the clients, well, what is your desired business outcome? Not in so many words, but you know, we ask them about it and then we capture it and then we deliver it. We're only doing this part here because we are being reactive to capturing the business desired business outcomes based on what the clients tell us. And thereby, we're also limiting the maximized value to what the client knows. Does that make sense? So I'll give you a story. I had one client very early, you know, when I just started my CSM practice firm, a great bunch of people. They had a collaboration platform that they sold many companies. Their most uh, predominant client base were, you know, at, you know, clients that the, the largest ones were the ones that actually wanted to do project management, but they didn't want to use, you know, the project management on-premise solutions. They wanted to migrate to an online solution. So this way they can chat, they can pay, put comments in the project plan, they can make it more interactive. So at the beginning, you know, the, the desired business outcome was to move all these project plans put them in different project plans online and then move all the employees to start using project plans in an online environment and be more collaborative around the, the company. Once they've done that, <clears throat> look, there's a lot of competition in that market. So they, a lot of times they would lose the client to a competitor that might have had better features or the cost didn't justify it anymore. What they missed out on is that their solution, sometimes, you know, the other types of clients would actually acquire them to replace or augment internal business processes. So if those clients were just getting them to do project management for external clients, other companies would actually purchase them to automate the onboarding process for internal employees or offboarding, you know, any kind of business process that would require multiple employees to participate and really watch for the, for the way that things that progress. And what they fail to do is after they finish the first desired business outcome, they've never had sort of like a slide or a QBR to, if you will, what can it, like open the buffet or plant additional seeds for additional business outcome ideas and say, hey, you know, we know you only use this to manage projects uh, with your customers, but did you know that most of the other customers are actually using this to improve their internal business outcome, you know, the, sorry, their internal business processes. And these are the kind of business processes that we can do for you. And so to, to really to maximize the value for our clients, we need to take a pause 
and think about how can we plant additional seeds of ideas for more business outcomes that they can gauge with us. Because this is really the gist of being a, on the forefront of whatever your company is specializing in. Look, your, your clients are going to partner with those that they believe can add the most value to them. Let me dig into what this really means. So how does this fit into success plans playbook? Because, <laughs> you know, for us typically to implement a, and, and make sure we execute on a desired business outcome, we need to create what we call a success plan. Now, the success plan playbook has three parts, just like in the army. You know, I did the army when I was 18. <laughs> Everything in the army, you know, you go on a drill, you do whatever, you, everything is three parts. So I, I too decided to, you know, carve the success plan into three main perspectives. First, and that's, that's the area where I don't see a lot of CSMs do, this plant ideas. And this is important. I'll explain why. But then, then once we plan and sort of like open the buffet of ideas and share the different things that they can do with us, we then need to ask the client, what, what of that resonates with you and seems like something that would have an impact on your organization? And if there's multiple things, we need to help them decide on priorities and help them think through, if we did implement that, what is the, how do we prove value? Whenever they choose to do more with you, they need to dedicate more time and resources and maybe even funds for additional services. So we better be very equipped in letting them understand how they can prove value internally. And obviously, we then need to support them with the value. So once the success plan is fully executed, this is where this stage is. Now, planting ideas also helps in increasing the perceived value. And what that does is even though at the end of the process, <clears throat> each time and time again, when the success line is only picking a certain amount of ideas from all the ideas that you could give them, so we only actually realizing partial, we always want to increase the perceived value. And if you think about it, you know, as, and this is where the, this webinar is going to focus on this thing here, because I think we're all pretty good at you know, finding what the business needs are and then helping the client realize it. Maybe we're not so good at proving value yet as a community, but I think this area is really under underwhelmingly not taken care of. And I think it's actually really important. And so we want to focus on opening a buffet of ideas for possible use cases in order to maximize the value and the opportunities to maximize the value in order to help our clients really develop a long-term vision with us. A while back, I did a discussion panel with David Ryling from Zuora, who was their VP customer success back in February, 2017. And he shared that oftentimes when a customer was at risk, if the CEO flew in and talked to their CEO, all of a sudden the client did not churn. Now, let me tell you, when the CEO flies to see the other CEO, they're he's not implementing a success plan, right? He didn't add any value, didn't prove value. All he did most probably is 
expand the perceived value, okay? This is why this is critical. A lot of times, clients won't churn if their perceived value is big enough. So in this webinar, I'm going to show you how to develop a long-term vision with your clients that has an increased perceived value so that you can mitigate churn even though the realized value is much lower. Hey, Reed, we actually have a great question here around uh, planting that, that seed and those ideas. Alberto is wondering when is the right time to do that? Good question. So obviously, we, we almost all, if you have a good sales process, you almost always do it before the company, the, the customer even onboards. But even after, think about your client that had been with you for two, three, four, five years. Whatever you sold them on, their business has changed drastically since then, most likely, especially if they are a high growth company and even if they're not. So their business needs or focus changes every year. What you want to do is at least at the beginning of the year for your lower segment and certainly once a quarter for your higher segment of accounts, ask you know, what has changed and raise the possible use cases conversation in a QBR with them or an EBR with them periodically. Awesome. Thanks for answering that. I'm going to show you three ways that you can use or three methods to maximize perceived value and plant those seeds and open the buffet and all that jazz. Okay. So I call them effective perceived value conversations that every CSM should know how to manage and conduct with clients. And the reason is, is not only to open the ideas, but like I said, also help them understand priorities. And because, you know, when you open the buffet, they might, you know, they might want to do a lot of stuff. So you also need to help them put it in the right framework. So I like to think about three ways that you can slice and dice the, the use cases and present it to customer in a regurgitatable way. First, the business processes. Second, use cases by customer attributes. And we typically see by industry or by size, and I'll get to that in a minute. And then a maturity scoring model is also actually very, very helpful, helpful in helping clients not only understand where they are versus other customers, but also an enrollment conversation around, you know, what is it that they want to do and where do they want to be? Okay, so let's take a look at business processes. This is an example from, you know, an HR application where they support the HR team in order to create a really good brand talent and also retain great talent within the organization. And what happens is there, for every HR department, there's a few core competencies that they support within the organization in order to achieve their strategic goals, which is retain and attract the best talent. There's performance compensation, recruiting, et cetera. Now, this slide is really something that the application vendor that supports the HR team shows the HR team. <laughs> it's not, you know, 
So you could see that what they've done is they outlined the different core competencies and for each, they gave a couple of examples of how they can support them for each core competency in internal business processes. What you don't see in here are features and functions. This slide is meant to have, you know, to show in a QBR and then have a discussion with a client to say, oh, we didn't know you could help with compliance. Tell me about that. It, it designed to create curiosity. It's designed to create a bigger vision. So if they bought in in order to, to, their, to do their payroll, you want to have a, you know, some time with them to explain that you actually have other modules and then you can also have the time to explain how these modules can help and enhance and what can be improved and then get to, into a more detailed conversation and then from there create a success plan. So let me show you the second one. The second one is all about taking the different business outcomes and how they relate to a specific industry or a specific client size. What's nice about this, this is the open to the face slide for them. And the way that they shored up the different types of business objectives that they have or business outcomes that they could have with clients is by showing it per different industries. So they actually help a lot to the merchandising industry as well as the retail industry and other industries. So it, it's, it was very important for them to separate the business outcome slides to the two because the, the business outcomes that they can cater to the merchandising is, industry is very different than the one that they can cater to a retail industry. They also have five different products. And so you could also do this by different products if you have multiple ones. And then finally, if your clients, you know, if you have a client base that's very, very different, like you might have thousands of clients that are mom and pop shops and then a few that are enterprise and they buy their solution, they buy your solution because of vastly different problems that they need to solve you might want to have also different business outcomes aligned to business problems that are different. So you'll have this slide one that, that's for the SMB and a different slide for enterprise companies. Finally, we want to help our clients to prioritize the, you know, what are the proper business outcomes that they want to focus on this year, this quarter, based on maturity score. As you know, CSM practice helps a lot with CS operations. So a lot of the times we sit down with our clients and say, where are you with your ability to create enablement, templates, et cetera, with, for, for the CSM team? And so we created a maturity scores where we can sit down with our clients and say, okay, how are you doing on documentations? And where do you want to be by the end? Where, where is it realistic for you if you did get help? to be at the end of the year. And this is from an actual client, you know, and you could see how they're very cautious about how far they can stretch it in one year or one quarter, but it helps them think through themselves. They can also see where a truly mature customer is at. At this point, if you develop one for your company, for, you know, for your customers, you, what you will see is that your customers will have a better appreciation 
for you as a thought leader in this space because now you really know their domain. You help them think through the different aspects of what they need to develop. And so when I show this slide, sometimes, <clears throat> at least at the conference where I showed this, one of the members of the audience asked me, well, isn't it a little dangerous to ask a client or, you know, or score a client? Wouldn't that be insulted if you gave them a three? And I actually said, you know, we don't score our clients. We give them this blank and we ask the team to sit down. You know, we print it, ask them. Where does each of you think you're at? And they score themselves. And then we ask them, where do you think realistically you could be at? And then they score themselves again to where they want it. So they define the current situation and they define the goals. We don't do it for them. So we, we avoid that risk right off the bat. How do you go about all of this? If your client sees you and your company as a vendor rather than a trusted advisor, like how can you go about planting that seed and having them be receptive? Well, the whole idea of being a customer success manager is to develop that trusted advisor relationship. I think professional services and support are are not in a great position to do that. But a CSM that comes to a QBR you know, and among everything else, starts displaying these kind of slides, you're actually, you know, if you look at every one of them, I don't have a single feature here. It's all about the business. And it also showcasing to them how you can be a trusted advisor to them. So this is actually how you build a trusted advisor relationship. If you have these kind of slides or even, you know, then that's where, that's where you start creating that shift. Mm -hmm. Good question. Yeah, and we have some other questions around how to deal with customers who might be, yeah. might be yeah. not want to go ahead and implement your ideas. Right. I think that kind of goes with it, but do you have anything specific? For instance, here a question from Mo is some clients, some clients don't see the need for implementing your idea. And even if they're, if they're not open to those new ideas, what do you recommend doing with them? Okay, so let's park this question at the end because I actually have an answer for this. Mm-hmm time sake as well is just to get a sense of vote so you could see where everybody is. The first question that I have for you out of the three outcome methods that we suggest, you know, that I suggested to you, which one resonated the most? You should see right. the poll now, right, Mikhail? Yes, just launched the poll. We're getting a few answers so I'll leave it open for a bit so that everyone can share with us. So it looks like most of you picked the business processes mm -hmm. and then some of you, yeah, the one by attributes that really depends on your business, but if 20% of you, that really makes sense to me. And then the maturity scoring model, I would say the maturity scoring model is just hard to develop. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. And, but I actually encourage everyone to do it. Okay. So All let's right. jump, jump to the next. I want to know what you think. So uh, out of the three outcome methods that you, you were suggested to do, why did you pick the one you did? If you can share in the comments when you picked the one you did or you didn't pick a certain one, if you can share and then a field, if you can uh, read some of the comments. So Sounds good. So yeah, everyone can go ahead and share in the chat their, their response to this. So here we get some customers saying, I don't want my goals or KP. I don't, 
know what my goals and KPIs are, and I don't think that would help them start thinking about what they could be. And that's from Vidyard. Okay. Maturity uh, model is hard, but has great impact if you did build those. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we got Aaron Seaford from you know, what customer attribute resonate to me because I work with some usually large customers in our company, and they are particularly concerned about how we handle these things for their size. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. Maturity attributes was picked by Patricia Clarkson. Seems the most valuable and extremely interested. So maturity attributes just seems a lot of more valuable and extremely and internally. All right. Last poll, did you did your team implement any of those methods to consistently capture business outcomes? So it doesn't have the, to be these three, but if your team implemented any any consistent method to capture business outcomes, I just want to know how many. <laughs> did you implement one method, two methods, three methods or more? Sharing the results. Yeah, not, not surprisingly, most of you do not have any. A third of you have at least one method implemented, 20% two, and only 12% three methods or more. So when I was at the, the conference, actually one person out of a hundred people had all three methods. And a lot of times, you know, people tend to and implement it. Your aha moment for today is that you want to do your best efforts to implement all three. And here's why. You're going to have probably quarterly or meet with your customers multiple times during the year. You can't show the same slide again and again. Your client will be tired of it. If you have three methods of slicing the same cake and help the client see it from different perspective, not only will they appreciate it, but they will understand it better And they won't be tired in having these conversations with you. And maybe when you show it in one way versus another, it just resonates with them better because people, different people think differently. And so your aha moment is to try and implement all three, you know, by the end of the year and really work hard at trying to do so. Because like I said, capturing business outcome in this manner will not only help you capture your success plans better and create effective one and help, you know, create discussions that allow your customers to prioritize, but they will also leave value and reduce churn. So it is very, a very, very important and effective tool. Last question I have for you is, did you try a fourth option? If there's anybody here that has tried a fourth option and wanted to share with everyone, go ahead to your chat and share it there. For those of you who do want to take this challenge on of capturing all three and starting to brainstorm with yourselves, your teams, and want to know, you know, how the heck do I start? I've developed a simple guideline to just sit down and start doing this. It's called the six steps to capturing business outcomes cheat sheet. And you're welcome to go ahead and download it. I added the 
link below this GIF. Feel free to, you know, take a snapshot of this and tweet about this or whichever thing here that resonated with you on Twitter. The more the merrier. We want to share the joy. Uh, a lot of you would, would look into this and say, this is a lot of work. Download the cheat sheet and start doing the work. And remember, yeah, we know it's a lot of work. We know developing a maturity scoring model takes a lot of thinking, but you got this. You know, whenever it gets hard, look, everybody's dealing with this. Everybody works hard to establish and improve their customer success practices. And we work at this as a community. You're not alone in this. That's why we open the chat and allow you to chat with one another. And you're always welcome to direct message us on Twitter and get more wealth of information and connect with one another on the community as well. I want to thank you for your time today. My name is Irit Ezips. I'm from CSM Practice. We do customer success consulting services. We help create strategies and improve strategies for customer success teams. We specialize in scaling your programs by applying automated playbooks and support you in outsourcing your customer success operations. We do have a few questions already, so why don't we take a couple minutes now and try to answer as many as we can. Here's the first one. So what's the best way to go about this, about doing all of this if you're new to the market? New to the market, like your application is new or you you started a new category or you're new, Alberto, as a CSM? New product. Mm -hmm. New product. Okay. Yeah. If you're, if you're actually, that's really important. And uh, what what you want to do is just continue to establish yourself as a trusted advisor in the market. I think it's really important to understand. And I would pick first on all your differentiators and map them back to business processes that you can solve. So during the sales process, your salespeople will, should be really good at it. And if you're a small team, I would say, you know, walk down to the marketing teams, you know, area and start having chats with them to better understand how, you know, how are they positioning your product in the market and what are they selling in terms of the business problems that the solution is selling and then start converting, you know, conversing with your clients about the same ideas and remind them again and again. I think it's, it's important as a startup to collaborate with everybody in the organization so that the positioning is right. Now, as a CSM, since this is a new product, maybe you're, you know, you could also help your marketing team also understand what other things do your clients ask you to do with the solution and and continue this conversation. So I think you have a critical role when you're a new in a new startup as a CSM to help develop what those business outcomes could be. Awesome. We actually have a great comment as well from Peter, which is he's sharing one of the processes. So they've implemented what's called a leveling up where we push past the technologist in our customers and have a conversation with the business leaders as well. And we find that our conversations change when they're at that level. Awesome. Another question here from Ellen is, as a vendor that only provides one service, how do you suggest presenting different narratives as a vendor? Oh, that was it. That was a okay. double question. There you so go. Suppose that you only provide one service. Let's say it's, I don't know, I don't have an example here, but 
it's just one service that you provide. You need to think about your expansion opportunity. Is it with more users in other departments or it's more lines of business? So usually the business outcomes relate to using your your service more in depth or more in expansion. And when you think about how can you create that conversation, then your slides become much, much easier to think through it because the whole point is just to open a buffet of idea for an expansion. If it's not licensees, maybe they consume more of your uh, more of your service. Maybe they're just doing it for one department. Maybe there's other departments that can use your service. If it's just for one department, maybe there's an advocacy option. I'm, I'm really not very familiar, but I think it's something that you need to talk through to think about uh, you know, what, what is really the value that the solution can bring and how are we creating expansion opportunities out of that? That should give you some sense. Awesome. We have another good comment here from Carla, which is quarterly meetings are to discuss the customer's success. So if they are where they envision where they want to be, and if, if they are already where they want to be, then it's about setting new goals. Do you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. So all these slides are great to incorporate in the QBR, and they should help you to enforce these conversations so that, yes, we can show them where they are now, but these slides should facilitate the discussion of where they want to be. Awesome. I think we're out of time, unfortunately, but Yurita, I really want to thank you so, so much for spending this time with us and sharing those slides with us. I think we got a lot of really good comments in the chat as well, so I hope everyone found it very insightful. But I think that's it for me. But as usual, I think you're pretty open to people connecting with you on LinkedIn or Twitter. So if anyone comes up with a question, I'm sure you, you'd like to connect with them as well. Absolutely. You know, go ahead and tweet me or connect with me on LinkedIn. Happy, happy to stay in touch. Thanks, everybody. Have an awesome day. Bye, guys.